Does anyone really like a drum circle? <laughs> Kote, Kote, that was, wasn't that like your crew back at the clothing optional vegan co-op? Mm. Now, <laughs> there's they, some... They, wait, did, did they have like a non-stop drum circle? That, uh, I mean, metaphorically, that's how I always imagine that place. Metaphorically speaking, at least. I think, I think that, but yeah, so we're, you know, it's, it's a nice day. I still don't know how Cinegrade work. As, as I previously said, not going to learn it. Cinegrade's oh, bullshit. Come on. Well, oh, as a side note, I was up in, uh, at, at Legoland Windsor up in the United Kingdom or GB, Ooh. as they say in their license plates. I'm sure there's some differences. That's, that's fine. Uh, and, uh, uh, I was wigged out in the car. We got a nice Mercedes C, uh, something. And uh, the the speedometer uh, was in miles. It said MPH, and I was like, "This can't be right, right?" Like, so I had I had Kim look through the menus and try to change it to kilometers, and it didn't work. And then I was like, "And it's still in like miles." And then she helpfully pointed out, like I had assumed this was this is just so absurd that it was in miles, and I was in the the GB uh, that I assumed the speedometer was like one of those digital ones that would change over. Mm-hmm. But then she pointed out to me that it's actually just, you know, uh, physical. It's an analog <laughs> device that doesn't change. <laughs> You're and, like, what's with this thing? Yeah. And, and then so, you know, but I had, I, I just figured there was something bizarre going on with this car. The Germans got it wrong. They're playing a joke on the, the British people. So I had ways on the kilometers and then it's like, it's, you know, I don't know, 113 kilometers an hour speed limit. And then I'm driving around and I see all these signs that are like, you know, miles and things like that. And I, I come, come to realize over there in, in GB, they use miles. And that's just like, Get out of town. Totally. Everything's in where, where miles. Where were you? Uh, were, I, I was you, in. Are you sure it wasn't like meters? It's <laughs> 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 just like a little K, like 10,000. I mean, I mean, I have not done my due diligence to go search on Wikipedia, but everything was in miles. The signs, the speedometers, it's all in miles. And the speed limits were in miles too, right? That's why. So the speed limit is like 50 and 60. And so if you convert that to, to kilometers, yeah. it's some weird number. I mean, not weird, but it's not a round like, number. Yeah, it's like 80 or... Yeah, no, I'll, a subnote to the subnote. Uh, in that they have that, that bullshit centigrade measurement system over here in, uh, in the Netherlands. Like I heated up a lasagna tonight for my son and you heat the oven to, uh, 200 degrees centigrade. Uh, and if you convert okay. that to, you know, regular things, it's basically 393 Fahrenheit. And it makes you quickly realize that these temperatures are all bullshit too. They just like, I don't know, 200 seems like a good number. Let's just, you know, uh, let's round it around, you know, whatever it may be. Versus, you know, in in the U.S., that would probably be 375, or do you think, no, it would be a 400 that you would put it in at, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So, Are uh, you driving around in Little America? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's in miles up there. This is, <laughs> it's blowing my mind, because it's like, and, and then, and then, so we're driving around, you know, they, they also have pints, right? And, yeah, uh, and stone. Yeah, and they got stones. And then, and then I was thinking, I, as as I was saying to Kim, I was like, "So you got inches, and miles, and pints. Isn't that called the imperial system? Maybe there's a reason it's called the imperial system. That like maybe it's like all British, right? Like, is, is this like a Brexit like knee jerk reaction? We're going back to imperial, and you know <laughs> the French can have their metric. I'm telling you, it's all in miles, man. And it's crazy. The crazy thing is. They like they got miles, right? And then they still got that stupid Celsius thing. Like they don't put anything in Fahrenheit. Like I mean, if you're gonna commit to like pints and stones and miles, like why are you gonna get this this weird centigrade thing? 
Like bring the Fahrenheit over. All right. Well, well here's a little, uh, just a real time feedback, uh, 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 feedback for you. A little retail. So it said speed limits throughout most of the world are set in kilometers per hour. The UK remains the only country in Europe and the Commonwealth that still defines speed limits in miles per hour. Yes. So there you have it. Yes. There you have it. The UK remains alone. I don't know. Maybe, I don't think it's anything. reliable. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a new catchphrase in my household. It's not exactly new, but now <laughs> I got my kids saying it to each other. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. When you don't like the facts, question the source. Good. Yeah. Yes. It's always a good rule. Are your sources reliable? So, so back to the drum circles. Uh, you know, it's, 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 <laughs> it's basically around like 85 degrees here. So we, you know, it's a nice Sunday. Go out mm, to the 30. park. And there you go. Very good. It's because you're a geologist that you know this kind of stuff, right? Because <laughs> rocks use Celsius. They're like rocks are measured in, in Celsius, as I recall. So, science, is, science is done in metric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're out in the park over there in Flavo Park having a good time. And uh, you got to find a space that's available, very crowded. So we do find a space. And there's some, there's some two, two people kind of like messing around on a drum. And then we're there for like two hours. And I'm trying to like, you know, I'm over there in the tall grass trying to be like, you know, uh, you know, leaping gnome, enjoying some, uh, some, you know, white wine, whatever. And then, and then it's sort of like, I think there's this impromptu just walk up drumming session that someone's putting on. Right. And so not only are there like at any given point, two to three people on a drum. And of course you got that really, I don't know what they're called. You got that really tall drum that you do with your hands. And then there's almost a, uh, the kind of barrel type of drum that you would use sticks on. And of course it's like, you know, in um, uh, African style or, or, or something, I don't know. And, uh, and so not only do you have like the drum circle, but every now and then they like stop and sort of like, there's some lessons about how to drum. And I'm just, I'm just thinking there's all these other people there. Right. And, and like, they're trying to have a nice peaceful Sunday and literally there are people drumming right now. If I, if I were to, let's say, uh, live amongst other people, we might call it civilization, uh, or in a city, and like I was in a house next to them and, and I had a drum set, right? And then playing some drums, that would be considered annoying, right? That you're in a house and you get a drum set and you just play the drums. But somehow it's sort of like socially acceptable. You got into a park and you got all these other people and then you got these jokers who are just like playing drums and like, I don't, I don't understand. Like it's, very upsetting you never you never went down to peace park with your your uh <sighs> your co-op members and you know play around at the circle go to eeyore's birthday i think i went kind to of hippie were you kote i think i went to eeyore, eeyore's <laughs> birthday once maybe twice that's true yeah i mean i i mean i mean am i wrong is there is there is there some is there some redeeming well, the quality the, uh the bystanders. What, what was everyone else? Was I there, mean, were like, people I, throwing things at them? Were they trying to was make there a stop? collective, uh, <laughs> we hate this kind of moment happening there? Or, no, or no, on? I was, I was very upset. Cause I feel like, I feel like, uh, uh, you know, a Netherlander, let alone an Amsterdammer, if, if they were upset at something, they would go tell them. Right. And just in no uncertain mm-hmm. words, they would be like, you're very annoying. Would you stop? They wouldn't even say, please. They just would cool. be like, stop. And, and this, nice. so this was not going on. No, no there was a family uh, that had come there, uh, and they left, but I don't know if they left because of the drums or if they were just done. And, uh, there was another person there who had like this miniature, um, if you imagine like a pony keg, they have these grills here that are like little pony kegs on their side. I mean, they're not pony kegs, but they look like that. And they've got little legs and he was out there like grilling something, which is pretty cool. It's not like in Texas, right? Like if you had an open flame in nature, 
immediately you go to super max, right? No open flames outside. Uh, but over here, you just lights, you know, no, you don't light stuff on fire, but you can have a fire in the park. And, uh, yeah, there were other people. They seemed fine. There was, there were a couple of hippies and they were doing, I think she was practicing, um, like unlit fire juggling. It's like she had these long strings with balls on the end and she was kind of like trying to figure that out. And Hulu. Well, ba- based on your description here, it feels like you're in the, uh, the perfect place for a drum circle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it feels now, like now that was you that need was to change the venue. There were other normals. There were about three to four other uh, normals in there, but maybe maybe we did pick a bad place. But you you were in a a non uh, exclusionary zone for hippies. Uh, I mean, there wasn't a sign that said I was in a drum circle zone. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't I don't sure. think I don't think if you have if you have a drum it's oh it's okay if you want to practice your like hula your hippie hula hooping and stuff. I got no problem with that. But like, I feel like you can't just declare some area drum circle safe, right? Like, that's not, you know, like I I couldn't go there with like with like you know a speaker and some turntables and one of those like like blow horns and just be like, I don't know, I'm practicing DJs and DJing and I really like the blow horn thing, so I'm gonna do that every five seconds. Uh, you know, this is just this is just analog people getting their their way, you know. <laughs> yeah yeah any acoustic guitars oh that would be welcome (laughs) but no no there was there was no stairway to heaven or anything like that it was it was there was one kid in that family and every now and then he would like do the little bike bell and i couldn't tell if he was just doing that or if he was trying to join in on the uh Mm. the drum circle whistles <laughs> I'm just trying to see if we we can get you to some sort of low tech rave. <laughs> that would be that would be great. I think that involves like druids and Stonehenge. That's that's, that's what we're looking for. <laughs> low tech rave. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So here here is my my second quick question. We're recording on Sunday night because uh, I was I was I was mentioned I was I was in Legoland traveling around and various other things what what do you two normally do on a Sunday night like just family work-wise and let me as always I'll ask a question and let me let me explain why I'm curious oftentimes uh, when I come in on Monday morning I get some email from people that's been sent at like I think maybe like 8 or 9 p.m their time and so I've noticed there's this habit, and I remember people talking about this when I was at Dell, where like you, uh, you know, you get a head start by doing some some email on Sunday. And so I ask, I ask you two, what are your Sunday uh, habits, family or work wise? What do, what do you do, Brandon? Well, it's it's you know, your Sunday, yeah. <laughs> what are you up say, to? Uh, <laughs> so that's already passed over. So I think Sunday night. I mean, there's nothing. Just a little, you know, family. Usually dinner with the family, and then. But the, on the work front, it's uh, I actually have more of this this feeling around like all right, if you actually start like the end of Friday, right? Like I usually you know you try to get your flurry of stuff done for the week, whatever it is you're trying to get done, and there is this like moment of like I feel like high productivity to the end of Friday, right? I'm just trying to push mm. everything out. Yeah, and a lot of times, sometimes occasionally, I will even look depending on like if I've been out or not. But like sometimes I'll hit my email like late Friday night one more time, right? And then. Mm. But then Saturday, I, I do often think Fridays, like, you know, I'll probably do a couple of things this weekend that I'm just like, you know, like some think task or something that's going to take a little bit of time. I just want to get those knocked out. That never happens, though. I, but I do have the feeling on Friday afternoon, evening, I'll do it. But then Saturday, usually just you know, with the family, completely zoned out of work. But then Sunday, there's almost like 
this uh, anxiety, anxiousness that does start about like I'd say like about seven thirty after dinner, after maybe my son's like getting ready to go to bed, and I'll, I'll often have the feeling that I probably should check email, but then I think to myself, I'm probably not going to be. I'm I don't, I don't want to see what's in there. I just don't want to know. I'd rather <laughs> just not be in there because it's it's like on the weekends, there's always the potential to just get some kind of like you know some grenade, right? Like we yeah. need you to be in Guam on Thursday for a presentation you've never given and here's three slides right and you're just like i'm gonna wait till monday and uh i, li- so I, li- I like that one of your your nightmare scenarios includes being given slides to give that's well <laughs> that's that because it's usually more work than it's helpful it's like oh these three bullet points aren't really telling me anything but anyway so uh so i often really do resist the urge to do anything on Sunday night. So I, I usually just get up Monday and I just, you know, uh, in the Monday, like have a little breakfast and then it's just got to crank open the email client and you're just like, Oh, and then sometimes it's okay. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's like, sometimes, you know, it is, it does. There's kind of like lottery feeling. You're like, Oh, this is just a bunch of automated notifications that came over the weekend. Sweet. You know, like the week's <laughs> going to be great. Oh yeah. Then, those, so, are, those are good. Those uh, are good. like when you see like uh-huh. you got 10 new messages, but like maybe it's like some, you know, just random stuff that nobody, you know, just automated stuff. And then there's always the potential, like people you've never seen before on the email list. That's can be worrisome. And then, you know, then you usually have your, your known recipients or no senders, uh, that you can kind of see in the subject line that will be sending you like something that was unexpected. And that is, that's never a good feeling. So, so that's my, uh, that's my routine. Yeah, my my routine's quite different because uh, you know my my Saturday morning I wake up and there's all these people trying to cram for their weekend, right? All the all the Pacific West Coast people, oh, it's yeah. still their Friday afternoon, and so a lot of times Saturday morning, you know, if if I turn on you know my laptop, there's a whole bunch of work, <laughs> uh, and yeah, and so there's a whole bunch of work. But you know, the nice thing is I can always tell people, well, I can't take meetings. You know, because it's my weekend, and you know, Sunday is usually, you know, there's not a lot of work stuff. You know, no nobody from the U.S. is working Saturday nights, mm. and uh, and then Monday, like we are now, uh, it's it's usually quite the dead period because you know, no nobody in the U.S. is going to schedule Sunday meetings. That is, nice. um, yeah. So I, you know, essentially I get like four four days of of you know overlap. And one day that is usually pretty, pretty low key. Yeah. So uh, you can eat yeah, your granola yeah. in peace. I and and podcast in peace. I like that. No, but like it's kind of like a nice warm up to the week. Like Monday morning isn't there isn't going to be this big rush. That'll be like Tuesday, right? Is when that. Yeah, rush. yeah. And then you're and, kind of like yeah, in the. Yeah, and I've got coworkers in, in Singapore, so we have to wait for, wait for them to wake up, right? So nothing starts too early. You know, I usually start off with a a noon meeting. Yeah, that, that was that was like, that's that's like the old practice. Was it was it Chip that had this where he wouldn't really take that much time off during uh, the Christmas break because everyone else took time off? So basically, yeah. oh that yeah, that's, it was, uh, that's that was a well yeah. well known uh, yeah. life hack. What so about you, you Cote? What, what is your? Uh, you must have some type of system here. My my, I have I have I have two systems. Uh, one of them is I spend a lot of energy trying to avoid accidentally opening my work email. And, and so, you know, it can, can be difficult, but I'm thinking now what I need to do is on Friday, I need to go to like, and you know, I use Outlook, uh, cause I like it, uh, on the phone and I just need to switch it to my personal email so that I don't accidentally go in there. And then, uh, I mean, I guess, I guess my other technique is I'm, I have spent several years training myself not to care. 
So <laughs> I think I think I I'm, you know this is being recorded, Cody. <laughs> well, and, and there, there's some nuance to this. I think I think I actually do care and stress out a lot, but it's sort of like um, it's like this mindfulness of like I observe myself thinking I should do this and worrying about it. And I realize that I, I should not be worrying about it because it's the weekend. Because I have the, and there, there's a principle that I like to follow, which is like, uh, I don't know if this is good or bad, but it's what I always advise people is like, basically, if you're on a salary, part of your compensation is the time you're not working. So if you're working during not working time, you're ripping yourself off, right? Like you should be paid more. But in the grand scheme of figuring out what your total overhead and compensation is, the vacation that you get is part of a payment. I mean, I think you have to like companies have to pay taxes on that or something, right? There's some accounting you do for it. And then like the time that you get off on the weekend is also part of your compensation. So it's just like you're, you know, burning money if, uh, if, if you use that. And then, and then also I have a bit of the Matt Ray effect where, um, one, because of the time zone I'm in, like emails come in the afternoon. So I have a bit of a Monday lull. And then I don't really know what I've, done recently i guess i could speculate but i i don't i don't get a lot of email it, it's kind of nice like i get i get stuff <laughs> in something right i get stuff in slack every now and then but like i just like sometimes i get emails but usually what i get is those automated things like brandon was saying or or i'll get like the mysterious invite to a uh, a google spreadsheet or a google doc and <laughs> I've uh, i've noticed a distressing trend is i don't know what to call it but it's just sort of a cc that you get or uh or like the ambiguous by, ad, yeah. yeah, yeah, and where it's like you know what is, uh, or or it'll or there's something even worse, which is like maybe Cote should comment on this. And my immediate thought is always like, you know, maybe often means not. So it's, <laughs> like, we keep CCing you and you never respond. Yeah, yeah. so I just, well, I do. This is by far not uh, not a new thing that many other people have recommended, but I have actually managed to keep work email off my phone that oh. I've done. Right. Cause that makes it easy to just not have the, you know, just, I mean, I guess I could get to it if I really wanted to, but I have to worry. I don't have it like just sitting on my home screen with the icon. Uh, and I've deliberately made that harder. Um, that feels like, that actually feels like it's been fine. Cause that way when you walk away from the computer or, you know, tab, and also you can put it on, like if you have a tablet, you can put it over there. So you have to go make, like just an additional step I find is good, right? Because that way you're like, you can kind of consciously be like, okay, I'm not working now, right? Mm. And or at least I don't have it sitting right there and I don't have it, certainly never have it automatically polling, right? On your phone, oh. like, oh, you know, that's the, that's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, I've got like, you know, eight or nine years of chef and being on every mailing list and CC and, uh, I can't, I can't escape it. So I, I, I have a couple hundred email filters built in and I still get ridiculous amounts of mail yeah. on my phone. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think, I think in your role, you would get a lot of mail. There's a lot of like oh, yeah. what's going on here and technical updates and things like that, you know? Well, we, yeah, but I'm also on all the sales list too. Yeah, so no, exactly. A lot. That's, that's exactly. Yeah. And there's a lot, a lot so, of chatter. So if it's not to me, it doesn't go to my inbox. Every mm. it gets filtered off. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, that that helps. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I just had another another final thing, but I've completely forgotten about it. Well, we got a, we got an email. You got work. Well, we'll see if I remember <laughs> about it later. But but let's say maybe you're the you're the person cursing all your workers with this email server, right? Like you've got to keep it up and running. Emails core to any business. You got all your yep. stuff running around. 
what's what, is there some way you know along with all of your other infrastructure you might be able to like keep a better eye on that just whatever sort of systems you have to, to uh, take a look at there sure is Cote. This episode is sponsored by SolarWinds and one of their DevOps tools, Paper Trail. Diagnosing an app error, a sudden spike in event messages, or a customer service ticket? Get to the root cause fast using Paper Trail, powerful cloud-based log management designed for engineers by engineers. With Paper Trail, you can streamline troubleshooting with live tail to see events in real time or search through hours of logs in just a few seconds. An event flow visualization lets you spot patterns and trends and pick out anomalies. You can select the trouble spot on the graph and instantly jump to those events. As you work, you can save searches and create alerts without leaving the event viewer. And there's nothing to install or set up, so you can be up and running in minutes. To learn more or to try SolarWinds Paper Trail free for 14 days, go to paper, papertrailapp.com slash SDT, all lowercase, and make troubleshooting fun again. That URL again is papertrailapp.com slash SDT. And of course, we always thank Solarwinds for being such a great sponsor. Yeah, they've been helping us out for a long time. That's great. I remembered what I was going to say is I think I think uh, if if some someone out there is looking for a uh, artificial intelligence uh, application that they could make, oh. I would I would like to ask them to figure out how to make a uh, new hire announcement filter. And <laughs> and part of this is the uh, hi here I am about me with some animated gifs now now i know that may seem cynical right but i think i think pivotal is at the point where maybe we have 2,000 2,500 people or something and you know it's one of those things where it was a couple of hundred or something i can see it makes sense you know you you would you would tell everyone but at this point it's just like we don't we don't all need to hear that are, are, are you guys too big for slack or what's going on there oh no like, we we have slack it's just like you know, like I think I think I know what the problem is. We have my team, the tech advocates or whatever uh, we fancy ourselves. We thought have lords. that's right. We have the thought lords. Yeah, currently all lords. Uh, we have we have a list, and I think that list has been joined to like some list that's like you know some all list. Uh, and mm. so, so people email to that all list and it'll just be like, you know, we hired someone new in Cincinnati who's working on proxies or something. And they, they all, they all seem like delightful people. It's no problem. It's just like, you know, it's... sorry, John in Cincinnati, we don't care about your proxies. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure in their, in their world, people care about it, but it's just like, we don't, it doesn't. There's a lot of those that come out. I guess. So I guess that's we're just. I think that's just an uh, company sort of growing to a certain size. That's just a you know a relic. You just you know uh, this is where yeah. everyone wants to. They just don't want to let this go because I'm sure it was something that was really helpful like, early on. But now you're just big enough, and there isn't anyone who's just like, hey, let's just stop doing this, right? And that'll come later. <laughs> that'll come. That'll. Hey, we're, we're, we're too big for this. Just yeah. Knock it yeah. Off. There, there needs to be someone. That would actually be a good role. Somebody's just like, okay, let's review the stuff we're doing. Now, what are we just too big for now, right? Like we yeah, can't do right. like birthday parties. We can't celebrate everyone's birthday party. Let's oh, let's get oh. that out, right? That's number one. Like a, number like two, 10 birthdays we, a day. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. If you got to celebrate, but then you get to like a monthly kind of thing. If you're gonna do it, just like everybody's, you know, if you still need to do it. And the same thing, email announcements, new hires. No, no, let's let's not do that. Let's mm. get rid of that. That'd be a great job. Uh, just uh, and then all the new big. people are like, how how come nobody ever says happy birthday? And all the old people are like, I remember. They used to say happy birthday to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that goes in with like the free snacks where someone's like, oh, like, oh, we used to have free snacks, but that was, oh, yeah. was great. 
That was back when it was great. That was back when we were unprofitable and we had no customers. It was great. <laughs> we, had no, we had free snacks. Well, okay. I'm glad that worked cool. out for you. Yeah. Mm, free snacks. Uh, what are you going to do? Hey, Matt Ray, when you go into, I mean, I'm sure Chef has free snacks and stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Just like, just like fucking USB-C cords laying around everywhere. Stuff like that, right? Like now, 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 when you go into the office, do you just like kind of walk around and snatch up free stuff because you're like work at a home office and you're like, I'm going to take a couple of uh, <laughs> couple of snack bars. I need an adapter. Is that is that a common um, thing for remote workers to do? Now, maybe you don't probably. do it, but do you know people yes. who do that? Um, so uh, I was in Seattle. I guess you know. Not not last week, but the week before, I did not uh, make it into chefs' offices. Mm. Uh, I did go in January. We had a, a couple day. We had a reception in the office. Like we're too big to actually host everybody at the office. Um, well, to like have meetings and stuff for everybody. So when we do the when we do the all hands meeting, we still have to be at another venue. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I grabbed probably a granola bar and some some. Uh, vitamin c stuff they uh they they actually gave us swag when we got there um so we had like you know backpacks and t-shirts and stuff uh to make sure you know you were on brand for the year ahead oh yes. um, the year ahead yeah and uh my my children are well one of my children are saddened that i've kind of stopped taking swag <laughs> yeah so like i'm t-shirted out here folks uh sorry i don't i don't wear a lot of you know company t-shirts uh so uh yeah I, I if if i need cords or cables or anything i just expense them right oh i, I sure, mean sure. you yeah, know i i, I just I, well so so yes i you know i just think there's some delight in like ah uh, free stuff it's like free food it's, it tastes <laughs> yes extra there's good, definitely delight right? in free stuff yeah 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 so you know you gotta but, you gotta check that out that's, that's yeah yeah uh, I mean, I I, I I load up on uh, a little bit of stuff, but, you know, I'm coming back to Australia. They're going to get me at the border, man. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, this this is apropos to one of the items that I read. So here we are complaining about we have too much too much swag, as it were. Too much crap. Now, is this I, – I was reading through uh, one of my fellow Dell Technologies uh, coworkers, Joe – is it Beta or Beta? Probably Beta. He had this Twitter thread about, like, you know, here's uh, – Here's here's some a sarcastic way of how to be a thought leader, and I feel like yeah. I read through this, and aside from the uh, anything remotely related to uh, technical stuff, I feel like I do all of these. So, oh, yeah. so does that mean that I am not uh, like? What do I do about that? Can you can y'all give me some therapy? Should I should I quit? <laughs> I don't complain about airlines so much. I mean, I think I think I, I, I have positive I, yeah, things. I, I try to. I, I definitely like. Uh, so, so there's this thread on Twitter uh, by, by Joe Bita, um, uh, Jess, uh, Jesse uh, Frizzell, you know, asked people to subtweet to her face, and then uh, he he kind of took it a slightly different way and just started like calling out thought leadership. Mm. And you know, there's definitely things in here that I've done before that I try not to do anymore. You know, like I guess a lot of these things are kind of in the back; they've been planted in my mind now. So. Um, I, uh, I, 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 you know, things like, uh, thought leading, the only talk worth doing is a keynote. And if you aren't flying your business class, then what are you, then are you really thought leading? It's like, I didn't realize I should be asking for flights. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never asked for a flight. I I've been given one once, uh, and I was shocked that they offered it. Um, 
because I, you know, I'm, I'm traveling for work, you know, uh, and and I I'm I've I've only done a few keynotes, and I I kind of find them more terrifying. I'd rather just do like a talk over on the side, mm. but uh, side talk. I don't know. Yeah, uh, side talk. Uh, I like all the talks. I mean, I could probably go through these one by one and and give my thoughts on them. But uh, if you are new to the talk scene or you're not self aware, this is a good list for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is. So this, 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 this. Uh, well, well, well. One, it's sort of like it, it raised two issues. One is like I think I even subtweeted this. It's like you know, it's generally accepted that if you don't like something, you don't like something. Right, which is sort of like obviously have a run in with someone that you don't like and what they're doing, and you don't like that. But then two, it was sort of like so is the implication that uh, I mean, what do you what do you do with this? Uh, let's use the term without any irony. Like, so you got thought leadership. Like, is that really a thing, or is that just all bullshit? Like, if we sucked all that out, would uh, would it be fine? Would we be okay? Well, I think it comes back to like having. You know, it, content is king, right? Maybe that's what it comes back to. Like, you know, it just depends on like what what is what is your major point, right? Especially with the keynotes, it's like I think a lot of this is sort of um, is interesting or even kind of funny or sarcastic because so many people are trying to you know do thought leadership now, right? And I think that's like anything else. Like once everyone's doing it, and like the value of that that mechanism of communication mm. goes down, right? So this is why you know it's kind of like we talk about developer relations right like you know just that is like that's exploded over the last few years so now everyone is doing some type of uh, developer relations which sort of like at times can water it down and then it becomes kind of just like a cliched thing so but I, I do think kind of come back to you know you know when he says like be confident right so the other thing is I, I would you know and I know he kind of mean it sarcastically there but it's just you know kind of very simple it's like do you truly believe in the thing that you're advocating for and this is the difference between like usually like a great yeah, a keynote where somebody, even if you disagree, you just like they're just super passionate, and you can tell they truly believe in this idea, this company, this methodology, whatever it is, right? Um, and and that's where that confidence can come from in a good way, right? And I think that what he's alluding to here is just when somebody's up there, maybe they just got hired into the company, maybe they're maybe they're even like kind of new to the industry, or they're just they haven't been around much, and they're just kind of up there and immediately trying to like you know be super confident and like speak in these universal truths. And it's just like, well, I don't know. It just feels like you're just kind of like a hired, <laughs> you're just kind of like a hired actor. Yeah, minds. Yeah. And it's like yeah. that kind of thought leadership. Uh, I do think it's fair to make fun of that. Right. And just be like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, yeah. you know, not, not much is going to, it's really, in that case, it's more like thought acting, right? You're just like, I'm going to say these things and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you really have to ground yourself you know, and and not take yourself too seriously and and you know like i've given a lot of tech talks and i've given a lot of like culture talks and you know with the tech talks you just like straight up admit your biases right you know it's like i work for chef but i've got this open source thing that you can use without paying us and this is kind of freaking cool you know let me show it to you and then on the the culture stuff it's more like <clears throat> you know this is what i've seen i talked to a lot of people I'm not telling you this is, you know, and maybe this is where I'm doing my thought leadering wrong. I'm like, I could be wrong, but this is what I see. And here's a bunch of people, you know, and like, you know, back it up with, with, you know, with DevOps reports and that kind of stuff. So, you know, you ground it with, you know, data and then it's less thought leadering and more like just. Yeah. Like uh, you're saying, you have, yeah. uh, you're creating content, right? Yeah. And, and con yeah. content in a good sense of like, this is, this is something useful to tell people about. Right, that uh, right. could be useful for them. 
I did think, you know, uh, point out a couple like a, a couple people that jumped to mind, like like Adam Jacob, right? Like he's been on the show and we were talking about him, I think, last episode, but like when he speaks, I mean the times I've seen him speak, right? Like, you know, you really get that genuine enthusiasm, like passion for the subject. Like, you know, it's like very, you know, authentic thought leadership. I think, you know, uh Kelsey Hightower, of course, right? Like you know, like he kind of has a standard spiel about doing a demo and stuff. But like again, he comes across as you know very passionate about whatever the Google, you know, uh, you know. I, I guess I wouldn't even say Google. I'd just say you know how to build distributed applications and helping people do it. So like you know, you do, some of those guys that do stand out or get more well known. I do think there's a nice filter of of people that do get well known because they do it a, a good job, right? And Coach, I'd, I'd put you in this category as well, right? Like that really like sort of bring. You know something different, and and you know, that's and you kind of see that in like the Twitter followers or the other things uh, that that kind of grow, and then you see other people do it, and you just kind of that's almost like a good measurement where it doesn't like doesn't have any legs, right? Someone gives up, gives the talk, everyone forgets about it. Like they don't, you know, they don't they don't get on a circuit or they don't get a, uh, a lot of social following, and it's sort of kind of indication like of almost like you missed on the thought leadership kind of side of it. Yeah, well, and, and the you know the ones about things like you know why yes I'm keynoting this conference and my employer is a titanium sponsor. What are you implying? <laughs> like how many talks or you know how many conferences you've been to where you know there's like great talk, great talk, and then a sponsor talk that just like takes the air out of the room, mm. right? And you know. I'm not going to name names, but you know, there, there are definitely times where you're like, uh, time for a bathroom break, right? At this keynote, um, you know, but I don't know. I, I, I think if people try to be a little more self-aware and, you know, take a look at the list, think about how it applies to you. And, uh, you know, maybe if people are a little more humble and, uh, less tweeting about airlines, uh, you know, we <laughs> save it for the podcast. That's content. Mm. Um, yeah, that reminds yeah. me of that time that I was asked to uh, do a keynote in Guam, and someone gave me some slides. It's just very, <laughs> very boring. You, you, don't, you don't want to do mm. that. Uh, how, do, how do you get to Guam? I mean, uh, that, that's a long-ass flight. <laughs> yeah, or a slower boat. I don't know. Maybe you can yeah, get on one but, of those uh, those like uh, cargo planes on the air forts or something, just shipping stuff. Yeah, over. yeah. Yeah, so so Adam Adam gave uh, the closing keynote at ChefConf uh, quite good. He had all sorts of technical difficulties, wandered around backstage um, while he was talking. It uh, very very entertaining. So if uh, if you like a keynote where people talk about open source uh, and uh, comic books and all other sorts of stuff, highly recommend that. But mm. um, but I also saw that uh, they're trying to take Shingy off of Wikipedia. Man, what's up with that? Yeah, talk about a thought leader. That 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 guy's great. Yeah, and, and you know it, it's uh it's not Mister Show, whatever they call it, but you know he I think I think if you have a uh, uh, a satirical bit made about you on a uh, Mister Show property, you deserve a Wikipedia page. Now his Wikipedia page is a little detailed for just uh, an AOL executive. It has like family members and things like that, but whatever, that guy's wow. fine. I mean, I I think I think the thing that's uh he he's a good example of of um. Uh, well, for lack of a more elegant way of putting it, not for you, <laughs> right? Right? Like if, if, if you're someone who gets annoyed by that, it's like, oh, that's because this is not for you, right? Like you're not in the audience. And so it, it looks really annoying. Like, like for some reason it makes me think of, uh, what, what do you call it? The, where you study like monkey bones, physical anthropology. Anthropology. Yeah. 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 I was in like a physical anthropology class cause I didn't know any better. And, and it was kind of like, you know, mole man in the Simpson, it was kind of like a young, <laughs> a young mole man who was the professor giving it. 
And I realized very quickly, this is basically like looking at monkey bones, uh, which, which was boring. But now that I think of it, it's just like, oh, but that's not for me. Right. Like it's, and, and in the same way, like all that's, you know, I haven't seen a, a, a shingy talk in a long time, but, uh, well, he's still, a, he's still at Yahoo OAuth. Oh Horizon, yeah. Yeah. What's right? it called? Like, like OAuth. That's right. He's helping yeah. you authenticate. Oh, it's things. probably not OAuth. It's probably Oath. Oath. I think it's Oath. Yeah. <laughs> I always think OAuth. <laughs> the Oath. Yeah. Anyways. Even better. I hope he goes there. But, but they, they changed their name. They're now like Verizon Media, I think. Oh, that's good. It's like he is the, he is the official digital prophet for Oath. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, he goes in there and he's like, you know, what I'm, 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 I don't know if he does this, but it's just like, what if we could put ads in, in augmented reality, which is like, you know, for us seems like crazy, but like, I was talking with someone the other day and, uh, they, they were very, they'd done some experiments with augmented reality to do like insurance claims and stuff. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, what if you could put ads in there? Like if you're selling ads, like whatever, you're going to, you're going to say a bunch of wacky things that I want to see this though. That's, that's, I guess that's kind of the point. Yeah. That's what I mean is it's like, just not for you. Uh, so Uh, not for me. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which makes me wonder, like, I think there is in a, Let's let, let's try this out, and then and then we we can we can cover like a, a couple more topics. But like I think if you're doing a a, a a talk, what's called a talk in the technical world, right? That you can't. There's a certain line of too polished, and if you cross that line, you immediately lose credibility, right? So if you got like Ooh, yeah. a perfectly done, kind of perfectly executed, you're very slick. You might be wearing a sports jacket, right? Like, although that's that's kind of okay. You can be a Damon Edwards up there and just wear a sports jacket and have some credibility. <laughs> but like, there's a certain line of slickness that if you go over that, then it just no matter if you're right or yeah, wrong, you lose yeah. credibility. And it often involves kind of like muted neon colors on an all black slide. So that that's always a warning sign. Yeah, you, you, if you see that. But well, all right. So my favorite example of that that person right now is uh, Scott Galloway. He's the author of uh, the Forty. Mm. Just wrote a new book. It's uh, I think it's Algebra of Happiness or something like that. I've not read it. Don't take that as endorsement. I don't know if it's good or bad. But uh, he uh, you know, he's on a bunch of. I've listened to various things from him. But he has a lot of set piece. Um, kind of monologues rants whatever and oh, you man. can kind of tell that right to interrupt you isn't um, that the worst when someone goes on an interview tour and you're like this is the fifth time i've heard this story right? yeah well they yes. all pop up in all the, the same podcast but they and then when you hear it, but it is interesting to your point about like being too prepared right where they he has a lot of set piece and you know, like a lot of go-to phrases and you're just like uh, there is this point where you're like as soon as you hear one because sometimes you can hear and be like you just be totally in line with the interview enjoying it and then you hear him like go to one of these things and you're like oh it tunes you right out or you're just like oh this is just a set piece mm-hmm. this is this is where he's gonna do his facebook rant this is where he's gonna do his you know capitalism discussion and you're just like oh this is so i think to your point right like yeah if, if in a talk right if it's if it comes across like hey there's certain set pieces that you hit every single time and people have either seen it before or it comes across as robotic. It definitely is a quick, t- a quick way to lose the audience. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can assure you conference organizers, you will not get polished from me. <laughs> <laughs> we, we at software defined talk are committed. To you know, delivering you, you know, you know what, you know what the opposite of polish is charm. It's very charming. <laughs> that's, that's, it's, it's quaint. It's charming. It's adorable. Like it's, it's, you know, part of your style, Matt Ray. Don't worry about it. That's, yes. that's, it's, it's your patina or your patina. I, you I, I prefer I prefer to think of it as uh, uh, like uh, not what not honesty, but just uh, 
straight shooting, you know, uh, whatever you call that. Yeah, like like um, uh, like like no makeup. That's this is how life yeah. really is. I, no I didn't I didn't I didn't put any goop in my hair today. This is this is what I really look like. Not this slick. Yeah, person. I might wear a sport coat. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's but, right. Uh, Pull a Damon Edwards, yeah. no problem. <laughs> you know, the, he the I I was I was razzing him about that sometime years ago. Uh, I think maybe he was at DevOps Days Austin, and he had he had a very epiphanatic point. I don't know if it's epiphanatic, but like a very a wise point. He was like, "Well, I realized a while ago that like sure you have the audience here that you're giving this to, but because they yeah. make a video." your real audience or your business audience or people out on the internet that you want to send this to as a reference. So you never know who they're going to be. So like you put uh, you can put a n- nice jacket on, you send it to prospects yep. and people like that. And it was, I actually applied that uh, a couple weeks ago when I was at continuous life cycle London, or I tried to. So I was giving a talk on uh, <laughs> speaking of thought lording, I was giving my talk on culture uh, and um, the person before me, I, f- I forget her name. Unfortunately, she worked at, um, where did she work? I forget that too, but it was a great talk. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was, I never remember anyone's name, but it was, it was a good talk going over all sorts of little, uh, little cultural things and process. And the, the whole time when I was watching, I was like, oh crap, this is kind of the same content. And like, you know, I'm going to be repeating this stuff. But then I remember Damon and I was like, ah, yes, but they're recording this. So while the audience here might have a little bit of repetition, it's not for them. Right. Like I, mm. I actually, you know, this actually is going to go out as like my talk and my own, you know, sort of thing, not in the context of the, the conference going on, which, which yeah. is quite the relief. So let's say let's say maybe you're an up and coming thought lord or lady, a monarch, as it were, uh, uh, an imperious. Is that anyways? Uh, and uh, you're like, hey, hey, I am happy to be contributing all these pull requests, whatever that is. <laughs> Uh, you know, here I am, here I am, uh, you know, working on stuff and I've got all these companies boasting about like, you know, how many, how many support open source. Now it looks like thanks to the, uh, generosity and functionality of Microsoft GitHub, mm-hmm. you can basically, of course it's a YAML file. I think what you can do is you can put a YAML <laughs> file in your project and start collecting this, contributions. This is, yes, this is yes, YAML for good. Uh, YAML yeah. for good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think the YAML file is used to talk about how you distribute the uh the the sponsorship. So I guess I guess literally what it means is you can it's like a Patreon for GitHub and people can yeah, just yeah. send money. And then you can route it to individuals and I guess projects or is it just individuals? No, but wait a minute. I thought it was so this is we're talking about the GitHub sponsors, right? And I read it over it looked like the way I read it was like you can only do it for an individual. Oh. Is it possible to do it for a project? I did not see. Yeah, I, that, that's me my, neither. My my uh, original thought was like, oh, this would be a great way to like if there's a project that you're dependent on that you would you know maybe allocate some money towards it. But the way I, yeah. I actually read it was it was you and it, it, click on I guess, but they basically say like when you see their profile that you can then you know, sponsor them. And then it even has like a little graph, like, you know, friends of friends kind of thing, I guess, committers of committers. So then you could, it, it even kind of gives that example, like say, say Matt Ray, you click on Matt Ray and then he would see like other people on the project. So you could sponsor them as well. And I, I thought, Oh, that's interesting. Cause I don't, I don't know. My first blush was like, Oh, I don't necessarily think about sponsoring people as much as I think about sponsoring a project. Um, but I don't know. Did I miss that? Is it, is it yeah, a they, project? They actually, they, they, they have, uh, wait, 
Um, I'm, if, I'm if, doing if a rare thing in and... actually reading the, the, the text here. And it's, well, uh, I don't read yeah, it a couple I, of times. I, was... I, I don't know. I may have missed it. I, I did go a couple of times because I, I thought – and maybe this is just the way – this is the wrong way of thinking. But I immediately went to project was the way that you would want to sponsor – but if you yeah. were to compare, compare this to like Twitch, right? Like you know, just an um, the video game streaming service mostly. Yeah, that's all about That's all about streaming. Yeah, that's all about individuals as well, right? Like you sponsor basically yeah. people, right? So I, you know, I, I'm sure I'm sure that'll be like iteration one. Is they'll you know they'll be like, oh well, yo, these three people work on that project. Can I just give it to the project, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it does, what still in beta. It so. does say in the yeah. fact there's a line that says anyone who contributes to an open source project is eligible eligible to become a sponsored developer in the future. So, it, right. yeah. so there it scopes down to developer because right. uh, the I other text today, is ambiguous. Kind of like when you degender something and you use the uh, I don't know what that is the plural defunctory y'all uh, or whatever, but it, it usually says developers. Yeah, then you got a sponsor developer profile. So that is an interesting angle. That I like I like your tinfoil hat theory, Brandon, where they were just like there was a lot of, there was a couple of weeks of meetings where they were like, Well, if we sponsor a project, how are we gonna determine how much each individual developer gets? Oh, I know I agree, because that was my initial because I was reading through it. I was like, Oh, I wonder how these projects are gonna split up the money and then I realized Oh, they just avoided this whole question. Yeah, and they're, and they're <laughs> like, do you, "Do you remember that that blog that Thirty Seven Signals wrote, where they actually they had a thirty day trial when they launched, and they they realized they didn't have to implement collecting money because everything was going to be free." They're just like one day, maybe we'll do that, but now let's put that in in a, in a backlog and Visual Team Skype. We'll just put it way down there, and we yeah, don't we yeah. don't have to worry about it. But that's probably that, that's a good a call. Yeah. yeah, if it's if it's but the out, idea, I mean, it's one of these things like it's. You want, I, at least I personally like. It. I think it's, it's a cool idea. I would like to see an idea like this take off and work. That said, there's very little history of people just choosing to give money out of the whatever the goodness of their heart without some like you know some type of stick like limitation or mm. missing feature. It's just very very hard. I'm not saying it doesn't work. Obviously, there's NPR and uh, I think Twitch is maybe a good example. Obviously, it's people just supporting creators and for content. So there are a few places where it has worked, but just generally speaking. This is not yeah. enough to give people to give money, even though the idea I love the idea of, if you will, uh, decoupling payment from like employment. Right. Like. It, and so this is where I was going. It's like maybe what they need to do is um, like if I was in the room, just like making up ideas would be something along the lines. Like if these if a developer wanted to post something like here's the next thing I want to work on. Mm. Uh, but, I, you know, but you need to get to this goal and it could be, you know, we'll go back to the <laughs> you tried to and true. start it. Yeah, like a kind of like a Kickstarter thing. And like, so like the tried and true stuff, I would immediately put on there. Like, oh, you want LDAP support? Well, here you go. Like, it needs, you know, I need to get to the $10,000 yeah. goal before I'm going to add this. Cause especially the features that, uh, if you think about more than $10,000 for LDAP, whatever, whatever <laughs> people want to like put up, put on it. Right. And I think that would be, uh, so kind of like to your point, Matt, right? I like, I like a, a Kickstarter slash github kind of thing because then people could both request stuff because this has happened i think to everyone yeah. like the the, the that, library you go. have uh you put bounties on, on the the, the issues yeah anybody that is on or just the thing that like you're like i can get no one to pay attention to this thing and i really <laughs> think it's important it's like okay we'll put it in there and put a big bounty on it but, and, but yeah and i mean the, the, 
the the real flaw with this is like enterprises are going to touch this. So you know, I you've got some project you've been writing, maybe on the side, you know, maybe for your day job, and you know, some mid-sized companies like I wish you'd had LDAP support, and they don't have a procurement method that's like you know, hmm. all right, you know, you slap your credit card in here for ten thousand dollars. It's it's like this is individuals supporting individuals. I have a hard time seeing this get traction with the enterprise they, or the enterprise doesn't do kickstarters and and patreon right uh, you know like i'm sorry but you know uh you know uh well i don't want to name any of our employers well, you know let's say like you know dell is not gonna go to like okay let's go into <laughs> patreon and you know there's this guy working on the latest container mesh let's just make sure he gets an extra 20 bucks a month for beer yeah right <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. And I, I do think this is uh, in, in the design thinking session they had on this or whatever with all the consultants. Like this would be the first question like, hey, let's bring in 10 people from enterprise procurement. Right. Let's just have them in there and be like, what would they because that's the, the missing link is the enterprise has all the money. What would it take for them to give money? Uh, like both from a legal standpoint, right? So they feel like right. they they can do it, oh, and then God. two, the fact that they would, because uh, that's where I mean, to make to get to the point where there's lots of money flowing through, you've got to have the enterprises contributing. Other yeah. than that, it, it you're just it's going to be very very small. And, yeah. and and I've dealt with like you know corporate you know expense policies, and I was like, they you know because because what happens is is you know you're like oh I work at this cool hip company and they're going to do this approval. And it might get through once or twice, and then like it circles around, and you know you got your Accenture, Deloitte, or whoever like reviews their funding. Like you're not allowed to do this for you know blah 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 reason. Yep. Right. It, it's just like that's a foul of you know money laundering and the Caymans law. And like, but it's just kicking this guy you know twenty bucks for Emacs plugins. Like, nope. Right. Mm. They don't touch interesting things <laughs> but i think this is the the potential right because obviously microsoft owns github now right microsoft yeah, big yeah. enterprise well, and like go. somebody sitting down <laughs> that's right that's Azure, but, uh, but someone th- sitting down and, th- and figuring out like okay what does what if if the enterprise were to give money here what are the things that I would have to do? And I think you're hitting on a lot of them. Legal requirements, where the money goes, some kind of audit, right? Because it needs to get above all of these things. So now if someone worked that out, right? Like, Because there is kind of this idea of like, if you got it worked out for, for at GitHub, then potentially, you know, I don't know, tens of thousands, millions of developers could benefit from it. Someone like actually I, making it some, but I don't know, is there enough incentive here? Will people yeah, really work I, through I, this? I don't know. I think the, the tools that are going to be able to, the, the people who can make money with this are, people selling tools to developers mm. and that's that's a hard market for the enterprise to like make money in but if you're selling developer to developer tools that's one of those things that it falls into like you know i'm a developer i'll you know i've i'll buy a ten dollar tool here and a twenty dollar tool there you know i'll expense it or whatever but i'm not buying ldap support right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like uh, what was a few episodes ago on the the Weird Trick Mafia podcast. There was this rant about how there's the one bash developer, and you know, it'd be a good way to get money to them. I think, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I think I think well, two things. One, uh, I don't know, GitHub is weird in a good way. Like it's much different than previous open source things. It's basically uh, centralized, a highly uh, distributed community, which. Which I think is kind of fascinating, and then and then as as icing on the cake, now run by Microsoft. So, put that in your slash dot thread 
essentially. <laughs> but but anyways, the second thing, I guess while we're figuring out loopholes here, hopefully there's a way to de- uh, detect this kind of... Uh, would this be embezzling? But they'll match $5,000. So in theory, you could double your money if you could hide it behind uh, people you're contributing to, right? So like... All right, Kote. If, if I it, had... Fire if, up your GitHub account, I'll fire up my GitHub account. Exactly. And then I just, oh, I just slip you... Is this being recorded? <laughs> I just slip you some money, right? And then and then you double your money, and you know you yeah. start some. Uh, you got you got your spice weasel there. I uh, I got my uh, yeah. my my Java of... authentication authorization service code. I got uh, go. all these sorts of things, and you could. There must be some way. Hopefully, they detect that. But uh, yeah, that seems like a well, good. Well, I think investment. it's still a. Be- it's still in beta. You have to apply for it. So I'm oh. sure it'll work through. So, oh, yeah. so to give them some credit. Though, That's ruined do, my scheme. So yeah, the, uh, my kids are going to have to go to state college still. Yeah. Bad publicly talking about it on a podcast. But other than that, it was no perfect. one listens to this. Uh, true. But I do think that I like the fact that like, hey, just put it. I mean, this is like you need to launch something to see what happens. I think this is a great example of it. Like, yeah. I don't really yeah. know what's going to happen here. Like I, my it's not even skepticism. It's just sort of like, will developers get funded? That'll be interesting. But just for them, the fact to like actually figure out like if, so for example, just to have enterprises even ask, like we would like to do this, but here's all the things you need to do. We need some auditable trace that the money's correct. Yeah, we need it, like it, a, it, uh, uh, usually it's like a tax ID. So at the end of the day, right? Like for us to do this, we're going to have to have like a tax IDs and we have to like, you know, report it. Right. And so just them having those conversations, it could lead to something much different. And maybe yeah, you know, and, something that and would if really anybody's, if anybody's going to make it work, it'll be, you know, Microsoft or, you know, a Salesforce or somebody like that who like deals with this sort of bureaucracy day after day. And they probably know some people who can steer it the right way i mean i i i talked to all the negatives about it but it's like at least they're trying i guess yeah i think it'll be great (laughs) that was my first thought it's like i don't know it seems like a simple way to give people money well and and i i started to sign up for the beta and then i was like well you know it gets confusing because i write a lot of code for work but i also write a lot of stuff on the side that gets used at work exactly um yeah. <laughs> so then I was like, ah, I got a day job. And listen, if we know one thing, uh, I was reading through, I was catching up and I was reading through a, uh, a post from, I, you know, see, I don't remember anyone's name, uh, about like, you know, dot cloud and service message meshes, <laughs> service messes. That's funny. Uh, and, uh, I was thinking like, you know, if anything, you, you know, you got young people and every time there's a new generation of young people, they're just going to completely rewrite all your infrastructure stuff. So, you know, they don't need much money. You can sponsor them through here to like for, you know, whoever, whatever the new college graduates are who are going to be rewriting the complete way that distributed applications talk with each other uh, and everything else. Like there's a way to sponsor them. And uh, I think that'll be great. We'll have so many new frameworks uh, that are being written. Some avocado toast. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, just briefly, let's let's just say this briefly. So, so what what's up with this Huawei stuff? Is the is the implication that basically they're spying on us, or is this just like like some trade war thing, and we have picked them? And by we, I don't mean we. Yeah. Yes, and yes. Um, so, so the U.S. Uh, government has uh, kind of had a, a blanket ban on on Huawei stuff for a while, like you know, refusing to allow you know U.S military or government to to purchase that equipment Mm -hmm. and then you know they've recently started you know mandating that partners shouldn't either which is you know upsetting to places like australia that have rolled out a lot of huawei um because there's only like 
two or three vendors really going full throat for the 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 five G stuff, 5G. And, and Huawei is one of them. And you know, this is one of those. I hate to say it, but you know, pot calling the kettle black. Where you know, the U.S. is like, you know, can't trust Huawei. They put all this stuff. It's like there have been some things in Cisco and and other U.S. vendors that you know backdoors that are there for various folks. Um, so the recent uh, escalation is, you know, Trump doesn't like uh, China trade war. That kind of stuff is going on, and so Huawei was. You know the the target for a, a new round of of uh, penalties, and they had their Google Android license revoked. Uh, mm. They had their ARM, uh, and and even though ARM is not a U.S. company, they felt uh, compelled to remove uh, Huawei's ARM license. And so uh, the Bloomberg article about the the tech cold war has begun um, gets into it quite quite uh, in depth. Uh, Huawei's been hoarding chips and I, hoarding you know they've got like three or four months of of uh of uh, supply but uh you know this if this doesn't stop for them um my understanding of the market is like the chinese phone market will probably get set back three or four years as they have to kind of reinvent a lot of chips from their suppliers because you know Everything's built in China, but a lot of the design comes from U.S. manufacturers. Mm. And you know, the U.S. manufacturers have, over the last few years, started looking to other countries outside of China. You know, so the uh, Philippines, Thailand, Vietnam have picked up manufacturing. Um, so it it's it's messy, you know. Yeah, um, and 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 I think the didn't the Canadians arrest their CFO or something? If, if yes. I remember, I haven't. I, oh, I forget yeah. what's happened with that, but it sounds like. The uh, what I like to think of as the Commonwealth and friends basically have have decided to get together and uh, not be interested in Huawei because Arm's a British company, right? So you yes. got you got Arm and the Canadians, the Americans, and the Australians. Like uh, you know, there's a few other Commonwealth countries. Yeah, and, and and I think uh, Huawei was selling to Iran and mm. or or maybe that was ZTE. Uh, it, you know, it's confusing. But um, what will probably come out of this is you know china will uh reinvest with domestic chips and uh be, be a little bit behind for a while so if if you're looking to buy a huawei phone now's the time yeah <laughs> and uh yeah or or laptops or you know i mean they they manufacture a lot of stuff so yeah. well uh, I'm, I'm sure as you see matt ray when you travel outside of the u.s like there's huawei everywhere like billboards yes. and devices, they're, they're everywhere. Uh, they're every single place. Well, so I'm glad we got the explainer, as it were, from Matt Ray, as always, very good. <laughs> so uh, just a few little uh, announcements before we wrap up and go to recommendations. One, uh, so I think I mentioned this previously, but, you know, I put together a collection of my columns and other things, mostly from the register called Digital WTF, and uh, I, I self-published it because that's, that's what you do. I, was, I wasn't in the closed beta of GitHub sponsorships, so I've done it this way. But uh, you can actually, uh, I, I set a special price for the listeners here where you just pay $5 instead of $25. I don't know why my publishers decided to make it $25, but that's very nice of them. And uh, I'll put a link in the show note, but if you go to uh, leanpub.com slash digital WTF, uh, and you use the discount code SDT, it'll make it go down to $5. And you should totally buy it. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you another deal, kind of like our t-shirt thing. If you uh, 
somehow contact me in Twitter or our Slack channel or email. Don't send it in LinkedIn because I don't read LinkedIn in messages. But uh, uh, if you if you contact me and you tell me that you'll uh, tell someone else about the book and help me publicize it, I'll send you a code to get a free one, and and then you'll have a free copy. And I think I think Matt Ray, you and your people will be very happy because I think you can get a Moby version of it. So you don't have to. Is, uh, it, is, is that the uh, is that the version for the Kindle? I can never uh, I remember. Think, like every single time I, I get something for the Kindle, I Google Moby or EPUB. I think EPUB, <laughs> I think EPUB is Kindle and Moby is is Apple. See, I don't know. See? It doesn't. You know what? You know what you can do. You can get all Google three. It. You can get a PDF. Once Whoa. you once you buy it, you get a PDF. You get a Moby. You get uh you get an EPUB. I'm sure there's even something else you get. I have no idea. But anyways, like I said, if you contact me and tell me you'll uh, you'll help uh, spread the word about it, I'll give you a code for free. You get give me a review or something. Uh, so there you go. And then also, what what else has been going on in the software defined talk world, Brandon? Well, Mike from Lebanon, Tennessee, wrote in this week to get a laptop sticker, so I sent him some stuff. And then uh, Brian from Russia. He asked for some stickers, and he sent me, as far as I know, the first Russian address I've ever gotten. So we both, uh, over email, we talked about that it could be several weeks. We are not sure how long <laughs> it takes to go from Austin, probably, Texas. Probably still faster than Australia. To Russia. So uh, thank both of them for, for writing in. And, of course, if you would like a software-defined talk stickers, just email me your postal address at stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com and we'll send you one and we can pretty much send them anywhere in the world. And also from the Software Defined Talk Slack this week, Jordy recommends the Humble Book Bundle, Hacking 2.0. So if you would like to learn how to either hack into people's devices or learn how to protect yourself, uh, all these Humble Bumble Book Bun- or these humble book bundles are a good <laughs> deal, even if I can't say them. Uh, they they just need to become a, a sponsor of the show. But there's I've actually bought some of the um, other bundles. I think are just great because you get like a thousand bucks for ten dollars, and it's uh it's just good to have it on your thing. So when you finish buying Cote's book, you should uh, check out the humble book bundle that Jordy recommends. So should, should we do always, the should we do the thing like mm-hmm. the political gab fest and take a listener recommendation each episode, or or should we follow my policy that the audience should remain? Quiet? quiet and, and not contribute <laughs> well we did yeah, we will we uh hey we even uh occasionally we get jobs and stuff in slack so like i i coach i like to think we already are mm, taking recommendations if you join the slack yeah. you just you just have to put, really that's the how to get on the show put something in slack and uh if it's if it's as long as it's not crazy it will be uh it'll be written about in fact there's i even forgot even as you were saying in here uh eric larson says there's a job, uh, an engineer over at our uh, friends. Where is this one? I'll, I'll put that out there. So I said it. I think it's DigitalOcean. So you can uh, get a job there. It looks like DigitalOcean is always hiring. They're like a good place to work. So yeah, if you're in the Slack channel, you can hook up with Eric and he'd probably get your resume over there if you want to get a job as a, it's a engineer experimentation platform. So what, I mean, it sounds great. And it could be New York, sounds like fun. Uh, Cambridge or remote. So there you go. Everyone yeah. should apply for that job. I'm, in fact, I'm going to apply. Sounds great. <laughs> no need to be sponsored. They just send you money for doing work. It's a fixed amount yeah, of money, Perfect. Though. No so, YAML right. involved. No, no YAML. YAML involved. Well, I don't know if you want to make that guarantee. I have a feeling that there's a lot of YAML involved. <laughs> That's right. but. No YAML for payment involved. 
HTML for work involved. Well, we have a uh, we got a list of some conferences. There's a discount code for DevOps Days Minneapolis if you want to get it. You can go you go to uh, softwaredefinedtalk.com/slash one eighty one. You can get a list, and you should join our Slack channel as mentioned. Where we got a we got a Twitter account, even Instagram, and LinkedIn. Uh, you know, have fun with that. You should join it. <laughs> that that's good stuff. So this week. Brandon, what do you recommend? Let's see. What did I? I watched Dead to Me on Netflix. It's a good little series. Uh, it's kind of in that vein of uh, Big Little Lies. So if you like Big Little Lies on HBO, which I think is coming back pretty soon, it's got uh, Christina Applegate uh, in it, and it's uh, you know basically about a woman that uh, experiences loss and how she deals with it. But uh, I think it's creative. It was fun, and it was also it was uh, because my attention span is getting just shorter and shorter. Every episode is only thirty minutes, which is like perfect. Mm. Now I can't really watch an entire hour show, so mm. it's uh, ten episodes, thirty <laughs> minutes each, and you can just like you just get through them really fast. So like everything in life, I just I want it shorter. Everything just shorter. So mm. uh, so it's good. So yeah, it's uh, it won't be good for Matt Ray because it's like one of those long international flights doesn't have enough uh, enough hours. But uh, maybe maybe if you're flying domestically. Download it. Watch it. Oh. You know, I, I'll give an update on one of my uh, uh, weak need uh, recommendations. I've still been watching American Gods. and, and uh, uh, Me dis- too. Despite the f- last week, yeah. Despite uh-huh. the fact that I'm watching it, I still don't know if I like it. Like, it's... it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's I've been there. It's, I, I, I feel you. It's kind of like yeah. tonight, my, my son, uh, like I said, I heated up a lasagna. You know, it was, it was a fine Albert Hein. Uh, grocery store lasagna and he ate half of it and I was thinking I'm hungry uh, and so I ate half of it and it was kind of like it was kind of like I don't know kind of like a deluxe chef boyardee kind of spaghetti sauce you know that kind and yep. I was thinking like ooh, I, I think I like this but I think I don't like it it's very it's very confusing <laughs> I think this is the most perfect review of I'm gonna apply it to the book I haven't seen the series but I think it applies equally just uh American Gods uh not sure I like it not totally sure I understand it that's how I feel like the entire uh, uh but but still watching or or, yes. or reading but still watching and reading so it is it's in that weird place of like you need to finish it but you're never totally sure if it's worth your time yeah you, you know I think uh Game of Thrones got to that point for a while oh uh, yeah and and now I haven't started up the last season because I'm kind of like, I, I I've tried to block it out, but I see people complaining. <sighs> yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah. It's fine. Just watch it. You'll be on a plane. Watch it. It'll be good. Uh, I, oh, I, I, I've downloaded it. it. I'll watch it. Don't worry. Well, I think I think I think to to paraphrase uh, a line from a, a Courtney Barnett song, you uh, you said you could uh, eat a bowl of of you know spaghettios and spit them out and write better lyrics than me, but you didn't. So I think I think that's the criticism of shows like that are like uh, you know, you spit out some some Oreos. All right. How about yourself, Matt Ray? What do you have to recommend? Well, well, Brandon got to go first. So uh, so dead to me was on my my list. Um, it's uh, pretty good. You're watching it. Uh, it's uh, my wife and I apparently are on some sort of dead people kick or, you know, death kick. Um, we uh, dead, dead to me. Uh, we're. I think we're about two thirds through. Um, we've been watching that, uh, but we also watched the uh, Ricky Gervais Afterlife series uh, on Netflix, and that's uh, uh, it, good too. It's uh, um, it's a very dark humor, uh, but also kind of heavy because it's about like you know his wife has died, and uh, as opposed to Dead to Me, where Christina Applegate's husband has died. Um, 
but definitely both shows uh good um fast you know uh, i think afterlife is only like six episodes so uh you know it's not quite 30 minutes but you know it goes fast so mm-hmm. um both series really good uh enjoy it um keeping up the uh, the netflix subscription uh, hulu has been unsubscribed <laughs> oh yes you, you know you know that phrase death cult I, f- yep. I, feel, I feel like that was one of those phrases from the, the 80s, like, you know, child kidnapping, sinkhole, and, uh, oh. you know, like, like what, what, I mean, I understand if you had a death cult, like, what, what, how do you say, Kali or whatever, and sort of like, although I don't know, like, would people actually, like, worship death? That seems like a really, like, there's something must more be going on uh, about that, right? Because, like, if you were, like, a good worshiper of death, I mean, you'd have one fantastic, like, moment of worship and then not be around to worship anymore. <laughs> like, well, I, I think the key is you, 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 you don't do it to people inside your cult. You do it to people outside your cult. Oh, okay. So they're just, like, murderers, yeah. basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, That's what they okay. call yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, it's well, kind of like the, the, the German crossbow guys, right? Huh? Is that is that big news in the Netherlands? No, I don't know what German crossbow guys are. <laughs> there was there was some rural hotel in Bavaria. Uh, I'll put this in the show notes where um, somebody checked in, a man or woman checked in, and then like checked out, and then they came back and they found three people who had been shot and killed with crossbows in the room. Whoa! And they think it's some cult. Huh? Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> You know, this, 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 I mean, I mean, to, to pivot to making light of people being killed with crossbows, like in, uh, I don't know if you remember in Dungeons and Dragons, a, uh, a crossbow bolt only does D4 of damage. So it's a pretty, that's what a dagger does. It's a very weak weapon. And then it also takes yeah. like an extra round to reload. So in yeah, my yeah. mind, like a crossbow was always a shit weapon, right? Like it's just not very good. Now, I don't think you even got like an initiative bonus or something, but like, like, it seemed like a totally terrible weapon, but you'll, like, watch, speaking of Game of Thrones, or any kind of uh, contemporary to crossbow things. And a crossbow is, like, this deadly, like, very, like, calming... I mean, it's like it's like a deadly weapon that people, like, really respond to, but it only does D4 of damage. I mean, even a first-level character. Know. Maybe not a wizard, yeah. but a first-level character, like, totally cool. <laughs> not going to be knocked out by a crossbow. The, the key was they could penetrate armor. Really? Huh. Maybe yeah. I was playing an old version that didn't like, uh, you know. Uh, I, I don't know if that was in D- Dungeons and Dragons or not, but I'm just saying. I was I was a second uh, edition person, I think, which is uh, way far yeah. behind. I think they're up to a fifth edition Journey Pathfinder, yeah. you know, you got it. Larry Lessig open common thing. I don't know what's <laughs> going on there. Well, my recommendation. Speaking of uh, wizards and uh, death cults, so I I came across and read. Th- did I recommend this already? If not, I'm going to re-recommend it. Uh, called it's called the fine art of small talk, and I'm pretty. It's not about the programming language, so mm. just settle down. It's it's actually about like small talk and and you know what you can do there, and it's great. Like I I remember several years ago I talked about uh, there was another book that ostensibly was about small talk, but it was really about this uh, this British society lady and like all the cool parties she went to, which is unfortunate. But this one. This one is like one of those books I've been waiting all my life for. Like it has lists 
that are basically like things to talk about with people, right? And then there's some some exercises that you can go through to, you know, how you can talk with people. And then and it's great. There's just like topics for various situations. Like my favorite one in a in a business situation or non business is is you can ask someone how did you get into this line of work? Or how did you, you know, how did you get that job? Like, how did you end up doing this? Which is great. It's a very open-ended question. And, uh, you know, it's kind of topical. And then you can, like, zone out and think about crossbows as they talk about themselves forever. Uh, and then there was another tactical thing that was good is, you know, how to, how to leave a conversation, how to exit. And there were a couple of tips. But one of them was, like, and she doesn't necessarily say it this sarcastically. Well, she kind of says it this directly. She's like... It's totally okay to manufacture a reason to leave a conversation, but then you actually have to do that thing, right? Like you can't say like, oh, I've got to leave because I want to go see this museum exhibit, which I think is an example she has. Or, you know, like if you're at, you're, let's say you're at one of these soirees and uh, it's at a museum and you're like, oh, I wanted to make sure to see the exhibit here. There you uh, go. So you've got to actually go see the exhibit if you use that as an excuse. How about I need to go over here now? Well, that's that's a good one. There is one that she uses that I I don't think is valid, which is or not valid, but like it just seems too bold, which is I promised myself I would talk to three new people at this event. Uh, which, which the, uh, the coda of that is like, Don't use and, that. Na- and that now is we're like done. something you read in a book. That's yeah, exactly yeah, what it feels like. So yeah. it's like, okay, just but, say like, I need to go now. That but would be fine. anyways, it's a really good book. I think I tweeted some lists from it. I'll have to find that, but it's, it's, it's great. If you're like me and you're like, how, how do you, how do you small talk? What, what is this beyond asking people what the weather is? How does it work? And I've been practicing this on like Uber drivers and other people. And I think, I think it's effective now. <laughs> You can, you can, you can, that's, you know, you got, that's another thing she says that's always true is you have to practice, right? It's a learned skill. So come up with. I feel like I have to say it because we say it, we'll do it. Hey, look forward to a, some type of video of Kote having a conversation (laughs) that we're going to post on Instagram. It would be Kote having the small talk conversation with an Uber driver. Could be, that could be potentially millions I mean, uh, t- maybe tens of millions of views. I love that idea. Yeah, well, yeah. I asked about the weather, and I found out the last time it snowed in Amsterdam, and what it was oh, like. I, I got it. a, I got a, I got a recommendation for a place to go. How did skiing. you become an Uber driver? Oh, this would be fantastic. Oh no, we're yeah, doing no, this. Yeah. Okay, I'm coming to, I'm coming to Amsterdam just so we can do this. All right, that's, that's good. It's, it sounds like a, an expense, a write off that, that, that <laughs> you can do. Uh, oh yeah. So you know, you can buy the book, which is cool, and also I don't know. I you know. I'm just saying. I've heard. That if you just Google for it, you can easily find a PDF. I I don't know about that, but uh, I it's good enough. Is, that, is that it I old? Buy it. Yeah, uh, it's maybe like one of those books that's like ten years old or something like that. Uh, okay, I don't know, but it's a, it's a good book. I got a link to it in the show notes. So as always, uh, speaking of the show notes, if you want to uh, see them, you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com/slash one eighty one. And as always, this has been Software Defined Talk. Thanks for listening. I uh, I could tell you where to get this episode and others which would be at softwaredefinedtalk.com. I think you've already gotten this episode uh, if you've listened to it. If, if not, if you've been stuck in an elevator and this has been uh, the, uh, the noise that you've been hearing or you were like me and you called a rental car company to check on something and you were on hold for 30 minutes being told by a delightful British person that my call was about to be answered and uh, I don't think he said sorted. Oh, other, other side note. I noticed, <laughs> I noticed that at Legoland, British parents totally into yelling at their kids not a problem they will just <laughs> yell the fuck out of their kids just about Ooh. anything so Ooh, wow 
I don't I don't know how that relates to stiff upper lip and all of that, but they're they're into it. Uh, that not all of them, of course, but it happens more than you would think of. Anyways, uh, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye bye. Bye.